0: Holes. Chapter 4. Stanley felt somewhat dazed as the guard unlocked his handcuffs and let him off the bus. He'd been on the bus for over eight hours. Be careful, the bus driver said as Stanley walked down the steps. Stanley wasn't sure if the bus driver meant for him to be careful going down the steps or if he was telling him to be careful at Camp Green Lake. Thanks for the ride, he said. His mouth was dry and his throat hurt. He stepped onto the hard, dry dirt was a band of sweat around his wrists where the handcuffs had been. The land was barren and desolate. He could see a few run-down buildings and some tents. Farther away, farther away, there was a cabin beneath two tall trees. Those two trees were only plants, or were the only plant life he could see. There weren't even weeds. The guard led Stanley to a small building. A sign in front said, you are entering Camp Green Lake Juvenile Correctional Facility. Next to it was another sign which declared it was a that it was a violation of the texas penal code to bring guns explosives weapons weapons drugs or alcohol onto the premises as stanley read the sign he couldn't help but think well duh the guard led stanley into the building where he felt the welcome relief of air conditioning a man was sitting with his feet up on a desk he turned his head when stanley and the guard entered but otherwise didn't move even though he was inside he wore sunglasses and a cowboy hat He also held a can of soda, and the sight of it made Stanley even more aware of his own thirst. He waited while the bus guard gave the man some papers to sign. "'Uh, that's a lot of sunflower seeds,' the bus guard said. Stanley noticed a burlap sack filled with sunflower seeds on the floor next to the desk. "'I quit smoking last month,' said the man in the cowboy hat. He had a tattoo of a rattlesnake on his arm, and as he signed his name, the snake's rattle seemed to wiggle." I used to smoke a pack a day. Now I eat a sack of these every week. The guard laughed. There must have been a small refrigerator behind his desk because the man in the cowboy hat produced two more cans of soda. For a second, Stanley hoped that one might be for him, but the man gave one to the guard and said the other was for the driver. Nine hours here and now nine hours back, the guard grumbled. What a day. Stanley thought about that er, about the long, miserable bus ride, and felt a little sorry for the guard and the bus driver. The man in the cowboy hat spit sunflower seeds, seed shells into a waste paper basket. Then he walked around the desk to Stanley. My name is Mr. Sir, he said. Whenever you speak, you must call me by my name. Is that clear? Stanley hesitated. Uh, yes, Mr. Sir, he said, though he couldn't imagine what that was really the man's name. You're not in the Girl Scouts anymore," Mister Sir said. Stanley had to remove his clothes in front of Mister Sir, who made sure he wasn't hiding anything. He was then given two sets of clothes and a towel. Each set consisted of a long-sleeved orange jumpsuit, an orange T-shirt, and yellow socks. Stanley wasn't sure if the socks had been yellow originally. If he was also given white sneakers, or he was also given white sneakers, an orange cap, and a canteen made of heavy plastic, which unfortunately was empty. The cap had a piece of cloth sewn in the back of it for neck protection. Stanley got dressed, the clothes smelled like soap. mister Sir told him he should wear one set to work in and one set for relaxation. Laundry was done every three days. On that day his work clothes would be washed, then the other set would become his work clothes, and he would get clean clothes to wear while resting. You were to dig one hole each day, including Saturdays and Sundays. Each hole must be five feet deep and five feet across in every direction. Your shovel is your measuring stick. Breakfast is served at 4.30. Stanley must have looked surprised because Mr. Sir went on to explain that they, had to, or that they started early to avoid the hottest part of the day. No one is going to babysit you, he added. The longer it takes you to dig, the longer you will be out in the sun. If you dig up anything interesting, you are to report it to me or any other counselor. When you finish, the rest of the day is yours. "'Stanley nodded to show he understood. "'This isn't a Girl Scout camp,' said Mr. Sir. "'He checked Stanley's backpack and allowed him to keep it. "'Then he led Stanley outside into the blazing heat. "'Take a good look around you,' Mr. Sir said. "'What do you see?' "'Stanley looked out across the vast wasteland. "'The air seemed thick with heat and dirt. "'Not much,' he said. "'Then hastily added, Mr. Sir.' "'Mr. Sir laughed. "'You see any guard towers?' "'No.' "'How about an electric fence?' "'No, Mr. Sir. There's no fence at all, is there?' "'No, Mr. Sir.' "'You want to run away?' Mr. Sir asked him. "'Stanley looked back at him, unsure what he meant. "'If you want to run, go ahead. Start running. I'm not going to stop you.' "'Stanley didn't know what kind of game Mr. Sir was playing. "'Ah, I see you're looking at my gun. Don't worry. I'm not going to shoot you.' "'He tapped his holster.' "'This is for the yellow-spotted lizards. "'I wouldn't waste a bullet on you.' "'I'm not gonna run away,' Stanley said. "'Good thinking,' said Mr. Sir. "'Nobody runs away from here. "'We don't need a fence. "'Know why?' "'Because we've got the only water for a hundred miles. "'You wanna run away? "'You'll be buzzard food in three days.' "'Stanley could see some kids dressed in orange "'and carrying shovels, dragging themselves toward the tents. "'You thirsty?' asked Mr. Sir. Yes, Mr. Sir, Stanley said gratefully. Well, you better get used to it. You're going to be thirsty for the next 18 months. Uh, chapter 5 There were lar- six large gray tents, and each one had a black letter on it A, B, C, D, E, or F. The first five tents were for the campers. The counselors slept in F. Stanley was assigned to D tent. Mr. Pandensky was his counselor. My name is easy to remember, remember," said Mr. Pandensky, as he shook hands with Stanley, just outside the tent. Three easy words, pen, dance, and key. Mr. Sir returned to the office. Mr. Pandensky was younger than Mr. Sir and not nearly as scary looking. The top of his head was shaved so close it was almost bald, but his face was covered in a thick, curly black beard. His nose was badly sunburned. Mr. Sir isn't really so bad, said Mr. Pandensky. He's just been in a bad mood ever since he quit smoking. The person you've got to worry about is the warden. There's really only one rule at Camp Green Lake. Don't upset the warden. Stanley nodded as if he understood. I want you to know, Stanley, that I respect you, Mr. Pandensky said. I understand you've made some bad mistakes in your life. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here, but everyone makes mistakes. You may have done some bad things, but that doesn't mean you're a bad kid. Stanley nodded. It seemed pointless to try and tell his counselor that he was innocent. He figured that everyone probably said that. He didn't want Mr. Pandansky to think he had a bad attitude. I'm going to help you turn your life around, said his counselor, but you're going to have to help too. Can I count on your help? Yes, sir, Stanley said. Mr. Pandansky said, good, and patted Stanley on the back. Two boys, each carrying a shovel, were coming across the campground. Mr. Pandansky called to them, Rex, Alan, I want you to come say hello to Stanley. He's the newest member of our team. The boys glanced wearily at Stanley. They were dripping with sweat, and their faces were so dirty that it took Stanley a moment to notice that one kid was white and the other was black. What happened to "What happened to Barf Bag? asked the black kid. Lewis is still in the hospital, said Mr. Pandansky. He won't be returning. He told the boys to come sh- to come shake stanley's hand and introduce themselves like gentlemen hi the white kid grunted that's alan said mr pandansky my name's not alan the boy said it's squid and that's x-ray hey said x-ray he smiled and shook stanley's hand he wore glasses but they were so dirty that stanley wondered how he could see out of them mr pandansky told alan to go to the rec hall and bring the other boys to meet stanley then he led them inside the tent there were seven cots each one less than two feet from the next, or next one, or from the one next to it. Which one was Lewis's cot? Mr. Pandansky sighed. Barf bag slept here, said X-ray, kicking at one of the beds. All right, Stanley, that'll be yours, said Mr. Pandansky. Stanley looked at the cot and nodded. He wasn't particularly thrilled about sleeping in the same cot that had been used by someone named Barf Bag. Seven crates were stacked in two piles at one side of the tent. The open end of the crate faced outwards. Stanley put his backpack, change of clothes, and towel in what used to be Barfag's crate. It was at the bottom of the stack that had three in it. Squid returned with four other boys. The first three were introduced by Mr. Pandansky as Jose, Theodore, and Ricky. They called themselves Magnet, Armpit, and Zigzag. They all have nicknames, explained Mr. Pandansky. However, I prefer to use the names their mothers gave them. The names that society will recognize them by when they return to become useful and hard-working members of society. It ain't just a nickname, X-Ray told Mr. Pandansky. He tapped the rim of his glasses. I can see inside you, Mom. You've got a big, fat heart. The last boy either didn't have a real name or else he wouldn't have, or he didn't have a nickname. Both Mr. Pandansky and X-Ray called him Zero. You know why his name's Zero? Asked Mr. Pandansky. Because there's nothing inside his head. He smiled and playfully shook Zero's shoulder. Zero said nothing. And that's mom, a boy said. Mr. Pandansky smiled at him. If it makes you feel better to call me mom, Theodore, go ahead and call me mom. He turned to Stanley. If you have any questions, Theodore will help you. You got that, Theodore? I'm depending on you. Theodore spit a thin line of saliva between his teeth, causing some of the other boys to complain about the need to keep their home sanitary. You were all new here once, said Mr. Pandansky, and you all know what it feels like. I'm counting on every one of you to help Stanley. Stanley looked at the ground. Mr. Pandansky left the tent and soon the other boys began to file out as well, taking their towels and change of clothes with them. Stanley was relieved to be left alone, but he was so thirsty. He felt as if he would die if he didn't get something to drink soon. Hey, uh, Theodore, he said, going after him. Do you know where I can fill my canteen? Theodore whirled and grabbed Stanley by his collar. My name's not Theodore, he said. It's Armpit. He threw Stanley to the ground. Stanley stared up at him, terrified. There's a water spigot on the wall of the shower stall. Uh, thanks. Thanks armpit said stanley as he watched the boys or the boy turn and walk away he couldn't for the life of him figure out why anyone would want to be called armpit in a way it made him feel a little better about having to sleep in a cot that had been used by someone named barf bag maybe it was a term of respect